Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. This morning we're wrapping up our, our miracle series. Uh, we've had the last three weeks talking about miracles through the Gospel of Luke, looking at different events in Jesus' life and how those things reveal to us the heart and character of Jesus and what He's desiring to do uh, in our lives. Not only what He did then, but what He's doing right now. And so we looked at the first week of friends coming together, ripping the roof off of a place to get, G- get their friend to Jesus. Do you remember? Then we had a, a guest speaker, um, a very handsome man who is my uncle, and uh, which I would, I would probably look like him if I were bald, but thank God I'm not. And uh, so he spoke on our, our not missing our moment of visitation with the Holy Spirit, that God is looking for moments to encounter you. Yes, do you remember? And then we had a powerful uh, movement of the Holy Spirit. Then I last week spoke about the woman with the issue of blood and how she had to sneak up on Jesus to receive her healing, but we don't have to sneak up on him anymore. We can come right to him face to face. And even though she snuck up, he still was able to see her need. How much more can he see our need now when we looked at him face to face? And so now we're, we're moving into and wrapping, wrapping up this series talking about a powerful story that's found in the Gospel of Luke, starting in chapter 8, uh, and it's the story of Jesus calming the storm. And as I prayed and I was seeking the Lord, asking for direction for this message, I was looking through Luke continually, just kind of moving through and saying, man, this is a great story, but that's also a powerful story. And I looked, uh, I was talking to my wife and saying, I just, I'm not feeling any inspiration of one, one story over the other. She said, well, what's in there? And I said, I, this, this story's here, that story. There's the story of Jesus calming the storm. She's like, that, that's the one we need to hear. And um, I, I just, I felt it in my heart a shift, that there are so many of us this morning that are going through storms. There's so many of us that are, that are walking through difficult situations, and we need to remember that Jesus is the God who calms storms. And so we're going to look at this passage of Scripture. I'm going to try not to cry so much uh, this morning. I feel like, I don't know, cry, I don't remember crying this much. Uh, so forgive me, uh, I am a tough man, okay? All right? You know, you're going to try me outside later. I'll pray for you. Okay, but let's go, let's... Uh, Let's get into the Word of God this morning, starting in verse 22, and this is where Luke begins here. It says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Jesus said, Let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat, and they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. They were in great danger. Somebody say, great danger. Now, let me ask you this. Whose idea was it that they sell in the first place? Jesus' idea. It was Jesus' idea. Do you think that the storm surprised him? No, because because, uh, he's got a a higher understanding of what happens uh, than we do. But Jesus said, let's let's go on the lake. And do, do you know, this is a little side thing, but do you know, do you ever have a friend who, anytime, whatever activity they suggest or any idea they have to have fun, there's always a risk of danger involved? Do you have a friend like that at all who's just like, you hang out with them, you know someone's going to get hurt if we do what they want us to do? You know, I had that for that friend of mine, uh, it was actually my cousin Dave, Davey, I call him. 
anytime I got together with him, I knew someone might be getting hurt. And we grew up together. We went to school together. I remember one time, uh, Davey, he just, did, he just did things. He just knew that, like, I know I, know I got things figured out. Just follow me, and we'll be okay. And I, I, sometimes I did that and nearly died. One time we were riding three-wheelers together out in the country, and um, mine, mine wouldn't start. Mine wouldn't go. And so he's like, just jump on the back of my three-wheeler together. And we're maybe like, uh, we're maybe like Angel's age or maybe younger, and we get on this three-wheeler, and there's a reason why they outlawed those things. And so the uh, one being the exhaust pipe was deathly close to your leg. And so we got on the three-wheeler, and he's like, you know what we're going to do? I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, we're going to jump some jumps. I'm like, I don't know if that's a great idea. And so anyway, we try to jump a jump, and the, the, the three-wheeler just... Uh, came back over on us because apparently we were too heavy for it and it fell on top of us and then the exhaust pipe like I mentioned earlier was like uh, in, like half an inch from burning my leg and uh, luckily I felt like Samson that day I got a, extra strength and pulled pushed it off of him and I saved his life and so Davey when you're listening to this message know that I saved your life and you're welcome and so uh, we <laughs> we just he just did crazy stuff like that all the time he always had crazy ideas and um, but unlike unlike Davey uh, Jesus had this idea, but he knew what was going to happen. He, he knew that he was in control. Jesus, uh, Jesus was in control. Uh, Davy was not in control of the, the three-wheeler specifically. And so Jesus knew what was happening, and he, he's the one who suggested that they go across the lake. He was the one who said, I have an idea. Let's go across. And then he falls asleep. He falls asleep. Some of us, when we're walking through storms, we think God is asleep. We think that he's not paying attention to us. And we feel like we're the disciples who are in great danger. But I have a message for you today that is going to be spoken to your hearts. It says that in verse 24, it says, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and he raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. And then he says this to him, Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. Can you imagine? I think sometimes we think of Jesus as, you know, Jesus is fully God, but we forget that he's also fully man, fully human. And so I could imagine Jesus rubbing his eyes. He's a bit groggy when they wake him up, you know. He's kind of looking sideways at the wind and waves. He's a bit grumpy. He's like, I'm trying to sleep here. Where is your faith? You know, and he's like, all right, hey, wham, wind, waves, calm down. He's like, a, it's like hitting an alarm clock when you don't want to get out of bed. I feel like that's how Jesus responded to this. He was just like, wind, stop. I mean, it just all subsides and... And then he's kind of like, I'm going to go back to sleep. And uh, Jesus is just that kind of powerful God, but he was also, he was also human. I, that's just, I mean, that's not biblical. I mean, that might not have happened in the scripture, but I just like to remember that Jesus is, is human, and he responded that way sometimes. And, and he, he asked them this question, and I love how, how Luke phrases this question. He, asks, he says that Jesus said, where is your faith? In the other gospels, Matthew and Mark uh, they, they share this story in, in common, but they, they phrase the question differently. They have Jesus saying in Matthew, um, Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? In Mark, it actually says, Do you still not have any faith? But in Luke, he phrases it differently because he's helping us see a different picture. He's wanting us to answer this question in a different way. So Jesus says, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Instead of the negative that we see with little faith or having no faith, 
It's this, this understanding that there is faith there, but it might be misplaced. It might be in something other than what it should be. And it says in verse 25, In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? Who is this? Who commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. These are the two questions that we're going to ask, answer this morning through this message. Because these, these, both questions point to the same answer. Where is your faith and who is Jesus? Where is your faith and who is Jesus? This is what we're going to answer today. Can we pray together? Let's bow our heads. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts today. Those of us who are in situations, who are going through storms, that God, we would be reminded of this message today. Those who are coming out of the storm would be reminded of this message. And those who are about to go into a storm would be reminded of this message today. I open up our ears to hear, our eyes to see what you have for us. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, last week I talked about how Luke has a certain writing style. He likes to frame things together to illustrate a point, to make it more clear for us, to... to to see what, what Jesus was doing in those particular moments to help illuminate something for us. And so it's wise when reading Luke not just to take a story out and then try to apply it somewhere else. It's, it's, it's wise to see what happens above it, what happens below it, and, and kind of understand what Luke is trying to say here and in this context. So looking at the surrounding texts, we, we look at uh, Luke chapter 8, and he starts it with the parable of the sower. Do you know this story? I mean, we live in a farming community, so this one is one that we typically like to talk about a lot, where, where Jesus is saying there's a farmer who's sowing seed, yeah? And he's throwing it out, and some lands on the road or on the path, and some lands on rocky soil, some lands uh, in, in amongst the thorns, and others lands in good soil. And he, he, talks, about, he talks about this, and then he the, the, the ones that land in the good soil produce a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And, and the, the, the disciples don't understand it. So they have to go to Jesus and they ask him, well, what is this all about? Could you help us understand what you're trying to say here? So he, he says the one that was on the path represents those who, hearts who, who try to receive the word, but it's stolen before they can ever receive it. It's never actually taken root. Those who are on rocky soil, they... They accept it with joy, but when hard times come, they have no root, so they fade away. And then he talks about the thorns, those that are sown amongst the thorns, and those who, who are trying to grow, but they get choked out by the worries. I also think it's, sometimes we stop with just the, wor the worries of life, choke it out, but it also says the riches and pleasures can choke out the Word of God as well, because we get so comfortable and we think that we are the answer to all of our problems. And so those things choke out the, the thorns, the weeds choke out the seed. And finally, the good soil is those who receive it, who retain it, and through persevering will produce a crop. That's what it says in verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, who retain it, and by perceiving produces a crop. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about faith. He's talking about those who receive faith and have faith. It says those who hear, hear the word, live it, and persevere. Perseverance is a, is a demonstration of faith. Would you agree? Because to persevere through hard times is to believe that there are better times coming. 
To persevere through the issues of life is to have hope for a better tomorrow. And so Jesus is talking about faith. Those who believe, who hear, and persevere will have a crop, will produce something in their life. The Bible tells us that, that faith comes by hearing, hearing the, the word of God. So Jesus is talking about faith here. This story, this parable in the Gospel of Luke is painting a picture of faith. The next story that he tells us is right after that parable is the lamp on the stand. And in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew bunches that with the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. But Luke takes that, what Jesus says, and he puts it here instead. And he says, this is something I'm trying to help you illuminate. I'm talking about faith here, and now I'm going to talk about a, another parable, a lamp on the stand. This is what he says on verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in, the clay, in a clay jar or puts it under the bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Can I say that again? Those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you, what? How you listen. Hearing the word, faith comes by hearing. Be careful how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Again, Jesus is talking about what? Faith. He's talking about faith. Those who have faith, don't hide it. If you have faith in Christ, don't hide your faith. You don't, he's saying, those who are a lamp, the Bible says that we are the light in dark places. Those who are the lamp do not hide their faith, their relationship with Jesus, because it's not effective. But instead, you shine your light so that others, when they come in, will see the light and know Christ. He's talking about faith. And then he says, those who have it, more will be given. What he's saying is, those who have faith and put faith in me, I will increase their faith. For more and difficult situations that are to come, your faith will increase, not decrease. But those who don't have faith in me, even the faith they think they have will be taken away. When is it taken away? When hardships come. When storms hit. Those who think they know God, when difficult times come, they don't run to God, they run from Him. But those who have faith in God, when difficult times come, they run to Him and, his, and their faith increases. Jesus is talking about faith. Then Luke, am, are you seeing a picture here? Then Luke, he tells a story about a time when Jesus' mother and brothers wanted to see Him, and they couldn't get to Him because the crowd was all around Him, so they sent word to Him. Jesus! Your mothers and your brothers want to see you. And this is what Jesus responded to them in verse 20, 21. He said, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now, Jesus is continuing to talk about faith, hearing the word of God, like the parable of the, the sower and the parable of the lamp on the stand. And now, he's saying that faith should be put into practice. Is this the first time that Jesus mentioned putting faith into practice, or that there should be fruit that comes from our faith? No, in the parable, the good soil produced a crop. Yes? In the story of the lamp on the stand, the lamp helped others see the light, and those who had faith, their faith increased. And now Jesus is saying, my family are those who hear God's word, have faith, and put it into practice. But what does, what does it mean to have faith? 
What does it mean to have faith? And what should we do, what should we have our faith in? Sometimes I think our faith is misguided. Sometimes we put our faith in the wrong things. We put our faith in people and we get disappointed. We put our faith in ourselves and get frustrated when we don't measure up to what we think we should. We put our faith in our finances or our work and then that falls apart and then we're shaken because we don't have our faith in the right place. And we don't have things in right perspective or right priority. Going back to our story of Jesus calming the storm, the disciples ended that event by asking the question, who is this? Who is this man who even the wind and the waves respond to him, listen to him? So Luke, the prolific writer that he is, and the, the great way that he, he sculpts the the story for us, he, he, he says, jump down to the story after calming the storm. And in that event, found in verse 26, Jesus, he again sails across the lake to meet a man, and he meets a man, sorry, who has many demons. And in that story, there were so many demons in this man that they called themselves legion. Legion is like over a, it's a it was a Roman term that they called it for, for military, over a thousand group or 1,200 men in a, in a squad was called a legion. And these demons are like, we're so powerful. We're, there's so many of us in here. We're a legion. That's our name. And Jesus confronts the man, casts out the demons, and he sends them into a herd of pigs, and the herd of pigs runs off the cliff and to their doom. You know this story? And at the end, verse 39, Jesus tells him this. He says, return home, because the man begs to go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, I need you to go home. I need you to go home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went home, and Luke says this, and told all, told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Did you pick up on that? Jesus said, go home and tell who God, what God has done for you. The, Luke says, and the man went home and said what Jesus had done for him. How did the disciples end that first event of the water and the wind? Who is this man? Luke says in the next story, this man is God. Who is this man in our boat who wind and waves listen to him? This man is God. Who is this man who can take on 1,200 legions, 1,200 devils in one person and cast them out with one word? This man is God. This is the man that we need to know. This is the man that we need to seek. This is the man that is walking with us if we walk with him. This is the man who reminds us and asks us this question, where is your faith? Where have you put your trust? In whom do you trust? Luke says this man, Jesus, is God. And Jesus is in control. Jesus is all, has it all figured out. Because he's God. Going back to the boat. Going back to the wind and the waves and the storm. Luke has told us before that faith, where our faith is, is important. That faith has action. Faith is demonstrated. Faith can be seen. And the disciples are in the middle of the storm and they don't know what to do. But the good thing is, the lucky thing for them was that God was in their boat. Jesus, the creator of the universe, 
was in the boat with them. And God, can I tell you this, has not left you in the middle of your storm either. Though the wind and the waves are crashing all around you and you are in great danger, the danger is still there. It didn't say in the Bible that they perceived to be in danger. It said that they were in great danger. So even though you may be facing odds that are not in your favor, that might be surrounding you and choking you out, you wake up with anxiety on your chest, you can't breathe. God has not left you in the boat. He is with you there in the middle of your storm, asking you, where is your faith? Where is your trust? Is it in me, the creator, or is it in something else? Luke is reminding us that Jesus, when he came, he declared, when he opened up the scroll of Isaiah, said that he came to proclaim the good news to the poor, to heal the broken, to set the captive free, to free the oppressed. Jesus is the one who came to bear your burdens, to give you freedom, to exchange, your healing, to exchange healing for your heaviness, to give you peace where you only have pain, to give you rest where you're restless. Jesus is the one who has come. The call for us this morning is to put our faith in Him because He is God and He can work all things out for us if we have faith in Him. I think sometimes we feel like we just don't have enough faith. But it's not about the measurement of our faith, is it? It's about in whom we put our trust. How do we know that? Because in Luke chapter 17, Jesus says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you know how big mustard seeds are? They're like the smallest seeds in the world. They're tiny. If you have this kind of faith, this kind of faith, you can say to that tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. It's not about the size of your faith, it's about the size of your God in whom you put your trust. It doesn't matter what things look like or how bad situations are or how little you feel like your faith is. God is saying, if you will trust me and believe in me and seek my face in the middle of your storm, I'll be with you, I'll walk you through it in the name of Jesus. It's not about our, the size of our faith that matters. Is your faith in Jesus? And are you demonstrating that faith? Are you walking out that faith? We live by faith, not by sight. Sometimes we feel like, well, the situation's so bad that if I try to uh, pretend I'm just pretending and it's, it's, it doesn't feel right and doesn't look right and, and, and it's not working out for me. But Jesus says, live by faith and demonstrate that even though in the midst of the storm you still run to me, you still come to me. You don't run from me. Let me give you my peace. Let me, let me give you my rest. And walk in that. Walk in that way that your faith can be seen like the lamp on the stand. Walk in that so that you can produce fruit that remains like the good soil. Walk in that so that people know that you are in the family of God because you hear the word of God and you practice it. 
today, I believe many of us are going through storms. And either you're going through the middle of a storm right now or you're coming out of one or you're about to go into one. That's how life works. But no matter where you're at, God is with you if you put your hope and trust in Him. Some of you, you're feeling the weight of your stress, the weight of anxiety. You're feeling the weight of fear on you. You feel like it's all around you. It's encompassing you. It's like a cloud of heaviness resting on top of you. But God hasn't got out of your boat. He hasn't walked away from you. He's saying to you today, have faith in me. These waves won't overtake you. Have faith in me. This isn't the end yet. Have faith in me. You're not going to drown, no matter how big this storm is in your life. Hold on to me. Put your faith in me. I'm God. I have you covered. Sometimes for miracles in our life, we feel like we have to be these spiritual giants that are, that are so filled up with faith that when we pray, things happen. But the miracle here in this story is that they, even though they were going through the midst of the storm, they panicked, they were in fear, they cried out to God. It didn't really demonstrate or matter so much of how great their faith is. They knew who to run to in the middle of it. So I think for miracles in your life today, know who to run to. Know that you can run to Jesus. I feel the Lord saying to us this morning, come to me and I'll give you peace. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me, put your trust in me. I won't let you down. Your faith is found in who Jesus is is what I think is so powerful about what faith looks like in the middle of a storm we talked about faith being demonstrated what does faith look like in the middle of the storm it looks like Jesus resting in the middle of the storm Jesus wasn't concerned he knew the end so in the middle of your storm what does it look like to have faith? It looks like having peace. It looks like having rest. And if you don't have those things now, come to the one who gives them freely to you. Because he's wanting you to walk in his peace. Wanting you to walk in his rest in the middle of life's situations and circumstances.